the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From Talk 910 KNEW San Francisco, this is Rob Black. Rob talks about your money every weekday, live and local, from 10 to noon. Enjoy the show. Live from the Bay Area, your money, your life. This is Rob Black. California's unemployment rate was just reported to jump to 12.2%. Jobless rate rose in August from 11.9%. Keep in mind the nation somewhere around that 9.5% pushing towards 10%. Despite signs of an economic recovery, California's unemployment rate inched up. We keep hearing the phrase jobless recovery. Workers are working fewer hours. We're underemployed because people want to work more hours, but they can't get them. The state is one of 14 in the nation where we're above double-digit unemployment. Now, it's bad in Michigan. 15.2%. 15.2%. It's bad in Nevada, 13.2%. Rhode Island, 12.8%. But we're the sixth or sixth largest economy in the world. We're huge. And we're at 12.2% unemployment. We lost 741,000 jobs last year. The state's unemployment rate has climbed 4.6 percentage points, almost five percentage points since August of 2008. So in a very short period of time, we're, we're going the wrong way. Let's bring in a job expert, Tara Groland. Spent last 10 years doing executive search, doing corporate recruiting inside the United States, outside in Canada. She's currently recruiting consultants specializing in talent acquisition. Tara, what more can you tell me about your job? Well, thanks for having me. Sure. Um, it's actually Tara Gowland. <laughs> no I one say- ever gets my name right, but that's totally okay. What did I say? Um, well, what would you like to know? Um, I have been in the corporate and the headhunting world for about 10 years, okay. and I run a recruiting consultancy business. I would say that things are picking up, and if you ask people in the corporate world that you know work in HR, work in corporate recruiting, they may tell you something different because, of course, those people have been let go by the droves over the last you know, 6 to 12 months. But on the consulting side, see, I help the small to medium-sized businesses. I also help startup operations, and right now, you know, I work out of a home office, and I'm actually looking to outsource a lot of my work because I just I, there's not enough of me to really fulfill all those tasks that these companies need. It's hiring, it's coming in and doing recruiting analysis, retention. Um, that's basically what I specialize in, and I'm just extremely busy right now. Okay. Now, you just brought up something on outsourcing, brand new book on New York Times bestseller about a guy who outsources his whole life. Right. Um, kind of funny idea. He basically, when he wants a restaurant, he calls India and has India do it for him. When he needs to read his kid a book, he calls India and has an Indian read a book to his kid. And he spent a whole year doing this. It's it's incredibly annoying, but it was pretty funny as far as an idea goes. Is that where we're going, Tara? Is that are we going towards an outsourced world where we just have services in this country? Yes and no. Okay. I think that you know one of my clients actually is. Um, a senior advisor at Deloitte, and he advises Disney and Coca-Cola and the really big guys out there on what they can and cannot outsource. They call it BPO or business process outsourcing. Because I'm in the recruiting world, 
There's actually RPO, recruitment process outsourcing. So if you look at it this way, it, it won't eliminate jobs. What will happen is, and this is, I think, the biggest misconception, is that, for instance, in an HR department, um, or let's say finance, let's say accounting and finance, okay. um, certain tasks that are very routine and mundane that, for instance, if you're especially tax professionals, if those tax professionals are so extremely busy during tax time, and you're talking business tax, so, you know, these are the Sarbanes-Oxley guys and all that, you know, in order to have them, and especially in this economy where they may have laid off, you know, a certain percentage of their staff, in order for those people to have some home life, you know, some, some work-life balance and for them to not feel drained and for them to have more satisfaction on the job, which, of course, even in this economy, you know, the top players, the top people in each company, you need to really keep them going and keep them happy what they'll do is they'll take parts of their position, parts of their tasks, and they'll outsource that to different to different companies. Now, whether that's here or that's India, wherever, I mean, my opinion is that, you know, whatever it takes to keep the top people happy, you know, I mean, sure, I think, I think, that, I think that gentleman who's outsourcing his entire life, I think that's, that's a very extreme, you know, I, I don't think that's, that's the majority of people, obviously, and I think that some of that is just ridiculous. But um, when it comes to losing jobs, I th- you know, if the position is actually made redundant, that's one thing. But if they can take certain tasks of, of you know, for instance, for myself, there are a lot of tasks where I'm actually right now looking for um, a way to outsource some of that, whether, again, whether it's through different tools such as Odesk or if it's, you know, finding someone locally you know, it's really just finding help. And not everyone now, not every CEO and CFO and, and, and C-level person can afford an assistant and pay them $50,000 a year to handle all the, the difficult or mundane routine tasks. So, Tara, what are you seeing out there as far as small companies versus large companies? Who are they hiring and are they hiring? I th- Yes. If you look on Monster okay. and Career Builder and Ladders, companies are always hiring. I mean, you know, the only situation you'll get is, you know, for instance, a company like OpenText where, you know, in the U.K. they have everybody that's basically waiting for what they call redundancy or, of course, a package because there's things happening internally. Um, small and large businesses, they don't really look for anything different. And, frankly, you know, having my executive, you know, executive search and headhunting background, even when the economy is bad, people that are good will always have an opportunity. I mean, you know, the other thing is is that people that are employed always have an edge over people who are unemployed. And, yes, there are lawyers, you know, everything from a lawyer to a waitress who are not getting paid right now because their clients aren't paying and, such, and, and, and that sort of thing. You know, but honestly, if somebody's good and they're marketable and they know how to market themselves and they don't rely on headhunters, they don't rely on, you know, r- responding to ads online or through the paper, you know, if you're putting out your information – out there just willy-nilly, you don't know who's getting that. And number two, the chances of you actually getting a, a callback are high. So your question about, you know, really, I mean, what's happening, and, and you know, you, you started the program talking about the unemployment rate and how, diff, you know, what's happening in California and, and everywhere else. What's happening is that these poor HR departments are getting 3,000 responses within half an hour to an ad that pays 40,000, and they've got, you know, 60%, sorry about that, 60% of those people are making 90,000 or above. So that's where I think people start feeling it. But if they were to take my approach, which I tell people, learn how to be your own headhunter, go and find your own opportunity, it's absolutely 100% possible to, to not feel the economy right now. We're speaking with Tara Gowland, and you're, fl- you're flying somewhere? Did I hear no, a plane I'm go actually, over? That was, <laughs> I'm in Seattle, and I'm actually near the airport. So. <laughs> oh, that's nice. So. 
Well, I, I was going to ask you if you're flying somewhere, because you do a lot of media. You're known as the job lady. How did you get the nickname the job lady? Well, that's something I came up with that, you know, I thought, well, I could help. I could help individuals who were looking for opportunity in addition to servicing the small, the small and medium-sized and startup companies that I serve. It's really, you know, there's not many people that do what I do that, that are available. Because, as you know, people that are good and people that have been executive search consultants, people that have been headhunters, if they're not doing it now, there's a reason. You know, it's, it, whereas in my situation, I went from, you know, executive search, contingent retained search, through an executive search headhunting firm, came from Canon to the U.S. to work within corporate because I wanted to see if the grass was greener. You know, honestly, depending on the day, <laughs> I will tell you that, you know, corporate versus uh, doing your own thing, you know, either or. But honestly, it's um, I'm finding very quickly, especially through my connections on LinkedIn, that for a company to find someone who's available virtually, who can help analyze and help actually come up with an, a tangible, doable solution to recruitment and retention issues, there, there's just not that many people who do it. And if they do, you know, small and mid-sizing startups, you know, I mean, when you're talking about a startup, I mean, sometimes they don't even have the venture capital ready to go. So sometimes I work on different types of contingency plans. Sometimes I work on a retainer. But generally, that's, I mean, that the job lady kind of encapsulates both helping, you know, for instance, a C-level person who's been let go after 20 years of the same company to helping a similar person starting up a new firm and how do I go about hiring. Do you believe in link, using LinkedIn? Because I kind of find it a, kind of annoying for myself. It's a lot of people ask me to join, be part of their network, and I don't want to. Oh, like, I see. You know, well, I'm, I'm a media person and everyone wants to hang out with a media person. Yeah, well, they, they, you know, because again, if, you know, see, exactly, it's just like Facebook for, for, you know, for the consumer world. You know, it can be annoying. And Twitter can be very annoying, too. I think if you're using it to the right degree, I mean, how I use Twitter and it works very, very, or how I use LinkedIn and how it works very, very well for me is that, um, sorry about that. I'm actually right near an airport, so of course. <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's, sorry about that. It's good radio, um, it's, it's, it's wow, raw. They're very close. Exactly. I like live. That's how I thrive. Um, there's my new catchphrase, right? Um, but, yeah, LinkedIn, I think, is a, is a, is a fabulous tool. Um, I think that if you know how to work it, if you do it respectfully, if you don't add, like the people that are trying to add you that don't know you, you know, I, I fell into that when I first started using LinkedIn because, again, you read the rules, but it's different when you're actually using it. You know, I would say that for business, I've had a great, great, great response. I mean, I've got a good network, um, and it's, a, it's an excellent place to ask questions. So there's a Q&A on, on LinkedIn where, you know, I wrote about how do you keep remote staff. I mean, I have one client who's gearing up to hire, you know, 150 remote staff within the U.S. It's a very senior-level accounting finance people. How do you keep them motivated? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't have a corporate HR degree, so I'm looking for, you know, organizational behavior and that sort of thing. I'm looking for those types of responses. And I probably got 30 responses to my question, made some fabulous connections. That's how I would do it. The groups, I'm not 100% convinced about because you get a lot of spam and a lot of junk stuff. But honestly, those Q&A, you got so many people that want to share their knowledge and for free. And it's really, it's great for new grads. It's great for senior people. 
And, you know, again, I've had to turn down helping individuals because, you know, again, it, you know, there are resume writers out there, you know, they'll charge a couple hundred dollars. They don't need to come to me, you know. But honestly, the, the Q&A is the place you need to go if you want to build your network and, and deal with legitimate business owners and candidates. Okay. Now, one last question for you. I, yes. On the show, I refer to, I, I jokingly say I hate old people. My program director wants a younger audience. I hate old people because <laughs> they don't pay income taxes. But what happens if you're an older person, i.e. 40 or above, and you need to get a job? Uh, in California, you're not allowed to ask someone their age when they're right. going for the job application. But yeah, right. an old person looks old. And to me, I'm like, that's, that's going to cost me in the, the medical insurance cost and things along those lines. Yeah. How, would you app- how would you tell 40 over to get a job? Well, I'm, I'm pushing that. So I'm already feeling it. I'm already in my late 30s. And even though if you look at my LinkedIn profile, I look like I'm about 20, <laughs> which is, I guess, to my benefit. Um, I've been dealing with that sort of issue for a long, long time. So when I started in headhunting executive search, first thing I did is, and it's true, I mean, you have to, I mean, I was paid by my client. And of course, they wouldn't come out and say to me, I need a, a GQ 22-year-old, you know, fellow by the name of Steven. I mean, you're talking about you know, background, race, language, you know, what they look like. I mean, it's it's a whole slew of things. But, you know, even if they didn't give me age, I mean, let's face it, if you visit a client and everybody's 25 years old, does it make sense when you're, you know, when you're trying to fill a job to send somebody who's got 35 years experience? It doesn't make sense because the fit isn't there. The culture may not be right for that person. But at the end of the day, as a candidate, and especially C-level people that have so much experience, this is why they all go into consulting because they have such a hard time not only commanding the salary they deserve but even getting the attention of these companies. I mean, you think about who's who's screening these resumes, who's, you know, this is why you have to take it under, you know, you have to actually contact the decision maker directly when you're looking for work. What what they can do and if people aren't ready to make those contacts directly and they just want to apply to an actual advertisement, first thing I do is I only leave the last 5 to 8 years, maybe 10 years on my resume. I don't date my education. I don't do it even now for myself. And I graduated in 96. I don't, I don't put, I mean, sure, on LinkedIn I'll do that. But if I were to send a resume in for a job, I wouldn't put that in. Because I'm competing with people who are 28 years old who are willing to take less money. And in this economy, of course, that's a consideration. So I would say leave that off your resume. Also, senior people can start using a functional style resume as opposed to a chronological resume showing accomplishments, but again, remembering that overkill is a real problem. Um, you know, it's keeping in mind even, you know, and I'm not talking, you know, 40 age group, we're talking, you know, 60, 65 people, and I mean, this is your area where they've lost all their investments, they're forced to go back to work. Simple things is even just looking at your wardrobe. I mean, are you wearing something that's 20 years out of date? Glasses, hairstyles, it's very, very simple, but again, especially if they're dealing with a headhunter, they won't present people if they're not wearing, you know, a current style, it doesn't have to be that, you know, you're making six figures, you know, or you have the money to buy an $800 pair of frames for your classes. But, you know, those simple little things will make a difference. I mean, the big thing that anybody can do that's unemployed is to take the bull by the horn, start calling directly, come up with a two to three line little pitch about themselves. It's not too aggressive, but also asking for a meeting and whether or not they know there's an opening or not. You know, really, I mean, it's really just making those calls. And if you make 50 to 100 calls a day over a two- to three-week period, they're they're bound to get three or four meetings. And, again, it's the networking. Then get on LinkedIn, ask the questions, ask for help, join the local groups, join your, you know, join your local chamber of commerce. And and within a month or two, 
even if the person doesn't have a perfect background, they're guaranteed to land something. I mean, absolutely. And, and you know, that's really the key, in my opinion. Thanks for the call. It's Tara Golland. You can be found on LinkedIn. Pretty easy to do. It's G-O-W-L-A-N-D, Tara Garland. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking jobs and information towards keeping one, getting one, finding one. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. I'm John Cobell. I'm Ken Champeau. We're the John and Ken Show. Join us weekdays from 3 to 7. Now, Rob Black on 910 AM, more stimulating talk. John and Ken just pimped me a little bit there, so let me pimp them. They do the show here from 3 to 7. It's all about California and all about the politics of California. I do a little bit of financial update. You can listen to CBAS. You can uh, get some weather traffic, some local news, and then you get a little business news, too, at 15 and 45 past the hour. So if you're driving home, tune in to 910 John Ken during the commercial breaks at the 15 and 45. You'll hear a little Rob Black, a little market recap for you as well. Let's talk about jobs. There's a, a nice posting online where a man says, my girlfriend got this great degree, CPA. And she went to a headhunter, got laid off as a hedge fund auditor. A hedge fund auditor, she's probably making good six figures. Now she's working for $13 an hour. Pretty humbling. Pretty humbling what's going on out there. So let's talk a little bit about the job market and some ideas on jobs. Now, radio jobs don't pay a lot. I've, unless you're Rush Limbaugh or Glenn Beck, you're not making big money in radio. That's it. All the money goes to those two people. No one else makes money except for management. Management does okay. What jobs would I go for if I was going to college right now? I've often said, Mama, don't let your kids be poets. Don't go for a poetry. Don't go for a philosophy degree. You're going to make $30,000 and or less, probably for their whole life. Biology degree pays about $29,000 starting. History degree, $30,000. Elementary education starts around thirty. English, $31,000. Marketing, $37,000. Business administration, $38,000. Nursing, $38,000. So now we're starting to get to money. Counting degree gets you a $43,000 job start. Civil engineering, $43,000. Computer science, $51,000. Electrical engineer, $51,000. Mechanical engineer, computer engineer, chemical engineer. Chemical engineer is the, the highest degree for what you come out starting at, $53,659. Those are some smart folks, so to speak. Let's talk about some job hunting myths. And again, what I just said there, don't go spend $100,000 to become a philosophy major. You're going to look real cool in the bar, but someone is going to be buying you a beer. You know what I'm saying. Let's talk job hunting myths. Finding a job after college is going to be quick and easy. That is a myth. This year's job market is brutal. It's pretty hardcore. I know some pretty talented people in their 20s that can't find work. I know some pretty talented people in their 40s and 50s who just got laid off. They, they're asking me, hey, Rob, do you want to come videotape you? I'm like, <laughs> in the bedroom? And they go, no. And I don't want to be videotaped. I don't want more video of me out there. I don't want that. But people are struggling. People are struggling. So finding a job is not going to be quick. It's not going to be easy. Here's what you need to get a job. You need a, a healthy job market, which we don't have. You need a healthy city. San Francisco is better than Detroit. San Jose is better than San Francisco. You need qualifications, and you need a good amount of time. You need some interviewing skills. 
It takes a while. Don't get discouraged. Keep that in mind. Another myth about getting a job is the Internet's the best place to look. I almost totally, totally think that's false. One of the most prevalent misconceptions in job hunting is that job hunting on the web is some magic elixir that employers are lining up to interview you. I still think one of the best places to, to find a job is where the jobs are. Work your way in any way you can. I worked in radio for free. Got my first job. Said yes to everything. I, at, on TV, I, I was new to TV. I'd been doing radio and I came to California and the station flipped. They went from an NBC affiliate to a uh, no affiliate. Now they're a My Network affiliate, which is a Fox spinoff affiliate kind of thing. It's kind of goofy. Um, I said, I'll work for free. I'll, I'll stand outside your building with a bullhorn and work for free. It ultimately led to a job. So I went to where I wanted and said, here's how you... Because I knew that once I got in, people were going to love me. Some Someone emailed me yesterday. They watched me on Channel 4 News, Cron, and said, you don't look like you sound on the radio. On radio, you sound like surfer I'm like i don't sound like a surfer no no i am i kind of look like a middle linebacker i'm a i'm a big boy you wouldn't want to fight me um unless you're a bigger boy then maybe you would want to fight me um i got some size on me so pretty intimidating cut now check out the resources of alumni associations join a professional organization join a club of people that do the job that you want to do Look at trade magazines. Consider an internship because once you're in, they're going to love you. Now, don't count on any amount of salary for your first job because you just can't count on it. You know, I once had a, my, my first paid job in radio was six figures. I've never seen that since then. It was out of this world. Negotiate your salary. You know, a lot of people think that you can't negotiate salary. Of course you can negotiate salary. People don't get offended because they're in the same exact seat you're in. Now, what you don't want to do is go for that job interview and ask for them to pay for your parking. You don't want to look, come across as looking cheap because no one wants to work with a cheapskate. But once you're in that job, negotiate. Once you've been hired, negotiate. Keep in mind, a well-designed resume is just that, a well-designed resume. I think you want to create two copies of your resume. First one should be a simple version you can paste into the body of an email. That means no fancy fonts, no bolds, no italics, no underlines, no special characters. Keep it under 65 characters and replace bullets with plain old asterisks. I don't think you need to go super fancy on your resume, and I think that hurts you. Um, I can tell you this, that when people ask me for a job, I, I, I hire interns all the time for television. The people that put an attachment, I don't open because I'm afraid I'm going to get a virus from them. So I don't open attachments. Don't put stuff in attachments. Put it in the head of the email. Put it in there. That's all you need to do. So don't plaster the web with your resume. It's You're not going to get more interviews from it. Sheer volume of resume on massive jobs like sites like Monster.com, Hot Jobs, and Career Builder make it virtually impossible to get an employer's attention. You need to be proactive in your job search. You need to tighten your focus to get the results you want. How do you tighten your focus? Check out job boards that cater your field. There's a good website called Quint Careers. Q-U-I-N-T careers.com. There's another one called RileyGuide.com. I think you want to research your prospective employer. You know, I get pitched a guest and people are like, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll refer to me as Ron Black or they'll refer to my 10 o'clock show that I did three years ago. Instantly, I delete that email or instantly I delete that pitch. Network. Networking is so important in this day and age. Um, 
have two Facebooks page, two Facebook pages, one for your, your, your co-buddies in your career and one for your real friends. So network. For instance, I have a Facebook page called I Hate Rob Black, and it's a fan page. It's, it's, it's how you can stay in touch with me. But you know what it truly is? When I get fired at the station, I'm going to send an email to all those people, or I'm going to tell them, here's where my new station is. So it's a way for me to network with you. Now, I, don't, I let very few people actually be my friend. Very few people actually be my friend. Strangely, I let Heidi be my friend, but I don't let Heather Donald. Do you know who Heather Donald is? She's a news anchor at Channel 4 Cron. I won't let her be my friend on Facebook. I don't really like her. We actually get along only on television. I'd punch in her belly if I could. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. See, the joke there is I love Heather like a sister. She's fantastic. She's wonderful. Uh, Mother of a beautiful child, William. Uh, Wonderful wife. Great newscaster. Wonderful friend of the newsroom. Just she's she's like a puppy. She's like a puppy. Need I say more? 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air if you want to call. No one ever seems to want to call. They just want to hear me ramble on. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Mm, We're doing a show this hour on jobs. I got some Rob Black perspective on this. Talk910.com, talk910.com. You're listening to 910 AM. More stimulated talk. You're listening to Rob Black. 910 AM. More stimulating talk. say that football games are lost and rarely won. Talking about penalties and failures to execute on defense on why you lose a game. Maybe interceptions, you've lost it that way. You say they're rarely won, but more often than not, typically lost. Same thing with a job. I once was interviewing someone who, look, I'm a busy person. It's in my nature to continually be moving. And the answers to any question... You interested in working on a television show? It was a five-minute diatribe. So where have you worked before? Five-minute diatribe. I'm like, I'm not hiring this person. Waste too much of my time. Boom. Lost the job. Weak handshakes. Watch your handshakes. Because we get weirded out in this world when we hire people. Um, I know. If, if you got to practice a handshake, don't say stupid things like, this is my dad's suit. Don't say that. Don't say, I borrowed my mom's blouse for this job interview. Uh-uh. You know, if they compliment your suit, and it's a classic old suit, don't say, yeah, my grandpappy wore it to his funeral. You're going to lose that job. Uh, you're going to lose that job if you're interviewing and you look disorganized. So bring the right number of everything that you're going to need. Bring a typo-free resume. If you got typos in your resume, gone. I'm not even going to look at it. If it's that obvious to me, I'm like... They don't take themselves seriously. Now, I'd rather watch the worst of C-SPAN than research your company. Is probably not something you want to say in a job interview. So what you need to do is say, be a Bank of America teller? Absolutely. I love Bank of America. I've been using Bank of America my whole life. And if you walk around the city of San Francisco, you'll find Bank of America's everywhere. Have something smart to say about the company. Don't go, I... Fell asleep on the couch last night and forgot to research the company. Expect the unexpected. Say too much about the job and you might eliminate yourself. So don't ramble on. Be curt. Be fast. Bring in Paula. Paula Todd. She's a presidente. 
referred to as a bit of a firecracker. <laughs> hey, Rob. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Now, you started a company called Innovations Personal Service Incorporated. Yes. It's a big name. <laughs> it is a big name. So you've been in the, the, the business of helping people find jobs for how long? Uh, we're 25 years old in April. That's a long time. You've kind of went through a cycle or two, haven't you? Yes, I have. So we're, we're in a recession right now. So we, we're in a jobs are being lost cycle. Uh, what are you seeing out there right now? Actually, I've seen, uh, we are actually picking up quite a bit. Okay. Which is in the last few months, we actually have jobs available and people hiring and um, using recruiters, which is great news for all of us. Um, so it's definitely it's not, you know, extremely busy, but we're steady. When should people use a recruiter versus when should they do it on their own? I think people should do both at all times. Okay. And is that every single, like, for instance, I don't think you can get me a job in radio, Paula, can you? <laughs> I might. You never know. Give me a job in L.A. and I'll take it. <laughs> you don't want to go to L.A. Okay. How about San Diego? Okay. That okay. sounds good. Uh, somewhere sunny. <laughs> it's very sunny here. Um, but in any case, I think that the recruiters offer a great deal more because we know it's coming up as opposed to the general public. Okay. We um, have positions that are available only through us that are not listed anyplace else. Um, but, of course, I think in this economy, any economy, you should just network yourself and keep yourself current and keep going. I uh, once was dating a girl and um, a good. woman. It's probably the right way of saying that pol- uh, politically correctly. Uh, on the East Coast, and she wanted to get a job out on the West Coast, and she was a dental administrator. Um, she basically was a nurse, and the headhunter, the job person, got her a job working in a dental office. So it was a career move, and it was a career change, but it was a great six-figure job, and it worked out terribly well. And that was my first real experience with people using headhunters that, mm-hmm. you know, you hear headhunter and you think, you know, someone who lives in the in the jungles. <laughs> no, you don't think that. You hear headhunter and you think corporate executive. You don't really think, you know, a nurse, per se. Right, right. Yeah, anything's possible to have hundreds. I mean, a lot of people specialize in different areas, and certainly medical is one of them. Um, and certainly, you know, cross-country moves are very popular. What's the most interesting uh, job you've ever placed someone in? Oh, boy. <clears throat> Movie star, uh, uh No, we've actually placed a lot of administrative assistance with um, writers and movie stars and things like that, but nothing very exotic. So a movie star will come to you and say, I don't have time to interview people, mm-hmm. make sure they've got good mental health, make sure they've got organization skills. Is, is, so employers interview, tell you what they're looking for, and then you go out and find it. Correct. Okay, that's a good way of looking at it. Now, <laughs> before someone comes to you, what should they do to make themselves sellable? Because you're, think, you're selling people. Yeah, we are selling people skills, um, but we are selling the whole package. I think that people have to really be updating their skills at all times. If they're out of work, they need to stay busy, stay focused, get networked. They have to be current. They have to know what LinkedIn is, Twitter, Facebook, all of that, and they have to be tied in. They have to be on the BlackBerry all the time with their their iPhone, Um, and they have to be networked with people, see people every day. Now, I see that you're pretty well networked, and part of your resume, you work with the Glide Memorial Church, AIDS Foundation, American Cancer Society, Boy Scouts of America. Yes, and you to, did your homework. <laughs> yeah, and to me, what that tells me, Paula, is she's got some things that I relate to, and mm-hmm. you want to do that when you're finding a job, find things that are relatable in the resume. Yes. Okay. How about some other tips and hints that we need I, to know? I, I also think that people need to be themselves and show personality. Okay. I'm a big believer that people want to hire people that are bright, of course, and 
light and lively and positive, and want, they want to be around those people. Right. So if you're very shy in an interview or don't say much or you're chewing gum or looking out the window, I, I really don't want you to work for me. Right. Um, it's, it's just I want to work with someone who's got a big heart, who's fun to be with, and who is a worker. So you have to show that on the interview. Which is pretty interesting because I, I mentioned during uh, before we got you on there is uh, I've hired people before. I, I've not hired people before because they have a bad handshake. Isn't that odd? But I'm being honest, right? Yes. So, I mean, you really want to practice almost everything in, in an Oh, interview. a handshake is huge for me. Really? Yes. So I'm not the only person. No, absolutely not. It's very huge. If it's a limp handshake, it's like I want to say, start all over again. Shake my hand. <laughs> okay. How about some uh, mistakes that you want to avoid um, in the job world? Oh, uh, well, handshake's my number one really? mistake. That's fascinating because I didn't absolutely think that. Absolutely number one mistake. It's a total turnoff for me. Um, I think it is for most people. Okay. It says a lot. Um, I think, you know, being too comfortable, swearing, I've seen that, um, heard that rather, and, um, you know, maybe being too personable, um, too personal about your own life or the interviewer's life, you, know, you just don't go there. Now, there's two school of thoughts. If you got it, flaunt it, but that's probably not a good idea in a, a job interview. Not at all. Okay. We see that every day as well. But how about, and again, I'm, I'm asking this because, again, you see, working in the Bay Area, there's a lot of beautiful women, but a lot of women may want to become administrative assistants, and a lot of men who hire administrative assistants want good looking women. So is there a flaw in, in the, if you got it, don't flaunt it kind of thing? Is there a flaw? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make this interesting think, for our listeners. I think the key there is obviously professional, you know, professional. and, and, I once had a client, a, a big client, who said to me, please don't send me one, anyone with short skirts. Really? He said, because I'm very happily married, and I don't want to be looking at that all day. <laughs> that's, that's a nice admission. Yeah. A friend of mine was a, a Playboy model, and the company that was hiring her as an administrative assistant found out that she was a Playboy model, and they're like, no way, can't have her. Yeah. So she ultimately won a job discrimination suit based on that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, so, <laughs> well, okay. Is there anything else we need to know? Um, I don't think so. I think okay. you got it all, except that, you know, I think it's a great time to get out there and don't wait for the market to totally turn and get out there now. How can we find you, Miss Todd? Uh, we're here on 345 California Street. Okay. Suite 1750-392-4022. How about the website? Because that's what the, all the kids are doing these days. Absolutely. I'm so happy about that. I-N-N-O-V-P-S-I.com. So, I-N-N-O-V-P-S-I, I-N-N-O-V-P-S-I.com. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much. This is Paula Todd, Presidente of Innovations Personal Services Incorporated. So, I-N-N-O-V-P-S-I.com. A friend of mine was a job uh, headhunter, and she, I asked her what she does for a living. She says, I sell white people, which was kind of interesting. I mean, there's a race undertone there, isn't there? 800-345-5639. Coming up, more scintillating, more stimulating talk. It's the Rob Black Show. Ahead at noon, Glenn Beck. Now, Rob Black. 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. seconds or minutes here, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about resume writing. God, if you have an awful resume, hire a friend to make one for you. Find someone who's got a good resume and say, I'll give you 10 bucks if you help me with mine. I, it, that's critically important. Other things to do when you're getting interviewed. 
don't say the the phrase "I could care less" because you ain't gonna get hired. You don't want an awkward silence with any questions. So any question you have to answer. You can't say "I could care less." You're not gonna get hired if you do that. Come across as overly aggressive, and you're gonna scare the hell out of the interviewer. I've interviewed people numerous times in my life, and I want someone normal. You know, get the resume up to date. If the resume is uh, more than two, three years old, throw it away. You might want to have security frisk me before I leave. It's another good sign that you're not going to get hired. Don't come across as weird and edgy. Uh, That's not going to get you a job. Sharing confidential information about past or present employers will make the interviewer wonder if you can be trusted. Don't disclose anything bad that happened at previous jobs. Don't disclose that you hated a manager. Don't disclose that you got fired because the manager didn't like you. Play with a full deck, you know. Know what your weaknesses are. Know what your weaknesses are. Give a a serious answer. If they say, uh, how are your phone skills? Be honest. If they say, how are your, can you do Excel? Be honest. If they say, can you do PowerPoint? And you can't? Say, I can't do PowerPoint, but I'm willing to learn. So play with a full deck and know your strengths and know your weaknesses and come across confident. Um, failing to answer questions, it's going to frustrate an interviewer. So don't play hard to get. Don't play cute and coy. Now, in the state of California, they're not allowed to ask you your age during an interview. They're, you don't have to put it on your resume. Age discrimination is a real thing. But if they say, how old are you? Just say, I don't feel comfortable disclosing that. You know, you don't have to go, I'm not going to tell you. There's a difference. I mean, it's all about how you position things. Don't go in with a negative attitude regarding current or past employees. Employers, excuse me. Don't go. You got to be positive. You got to make your stock look good, right? It's like when you first start dating someone. House is a little bit cleaner. The attention to the dinners are a little bit more. You know what we've already learned today on the show is that a weak handshake We'll lose you a job. How about on that first date when you go in for the kiss? Guy's all over your mouth. He's sloppy. And you end up like you just took a shower or a dog licked you. You ain't going to go out with him again. A weak kiss will kill a relationship on a first date. So hmm, same thing in business, right? Got to have a good handshake. Ask questions about the salary. Ask questions about the benefits. But only to a quick point you don't have to get all the details um you could ask what's the position paying Fifty thousand. you go does that fifty thousand include two weeks off for holidays and do i get you know every other monday off because i want to visit my friend no no too much information too much information information overkill um know why you're meeting this person if you're in a job interview candidates who leave without underscoring their interest in being hired lose the job so make a point of saying i really want this job or I think this job would be, you know, great for me. Um, I think I'd be a great fit. See, I'm, I'm, I'm blowing my own interview. I really want this job. You don't want to say I really want this job. You want to say I'm, ex- I would be excited to work for your company. Thank you very much. Okay, now let's talk a little bit about the resume again, because I can't underscore how important it is to polish your resume. You want an email resume. You do not want an attachment. Your attachment is meant for the printer. It is not meant for email. In addition to a version formatted and word processing program, 
you want to get a good email one. For the email, keep each line under 65 characters. You replace bullet points with asterisks. You keep it simple. The cover letter doesn't always get read, but it's a great place to sell yourself. You want to include critical words. A lot of employers dump resumes into a database and search for keywords to narrow the field. You can be the perfect candidate for the position and never get found if your resume doesn't have the right language. For accounting, you would want mergers and acquisitions, IPO, divestiture. In human resource, it could be in, you know, in international compensation. So you want to put the right phrase in there. Skip the objective of the resume. Forget the idea of starting your resume with your objective. That's a waste of prime real estate in a resume. It's awful. It's just a bunch of fluff. A job seeker has less than 10 seconds to grab the reader's attention. Make sure those, those 10 seconds are, are eye-popping magic. Summary of qualifications is a place where you position yourself and package yourself. Promote yourself. Let your past promote it. Try to make your last job tied towards getting this new job. If you led a team of executives on a successful um, sales growth package during the fourth quarter, and you want to lead sales growth packages in the fourth quarter again, somehow tie your last successes to what you're going to do in this new job. And weed out the old jobs. I've, I've jokingly referred to, I worked at 30 restaurants, I believe, in my college years, because in my teens and college years, um, I was always trying to pay for college. I was always trying to you know, get extra money for rent, extra money for beer, go on vacation. Um, I was big on vacations. To me, what I did in college was every summer I'd go for two, three months overseas. I'd go to Australia. I'd go to Europe. I'd go every two, three months. I just, I'd, I'd, I was gone. So I'd lose a lot of jobs. And the worst thing I could do is show people that I had no track record. Um, so I had to make some stuff up. I had to fudge it because I had no track record in high school. So I had to weed out, you know, um, the times that I worked at other places. And I could say I worked at the best restaurant, blah, blah, blah. I was head waiter and, you know, did 40 plus hours a week. But I had to weed out the fact that I was only there for three weeks. Anyway, create a new resume for each job. There's a website out there called ResumeDoctor.com. It's ResumeDoctor.com. And you can find professional resume writers online at um, National Resume Writers Association. Do you think there's a president of the National Resume Writers Association? There probably is. It's NRWA Web. NRWA Web. And there's another professional resume writing and research association, PRWRA.com. If you have a bad resume and you can meet me at a bar and say, hey, how my, my resume look? I'd go, I'd hire you. I wouldn't hire you. You need to have that kind of reaction from your friends. I'd hire you. And don't blow the interview. It's Rob Black Show. You're listening to 910 AM, 910 AM. Write it down, plug it into your computer, whatever you do. You can find us online at talk910.com, talk910.com. Can we not play this song? This is the most cliche job Friday song of all time. I would play Ring Around the Rosies rather than that. Thank you. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. If you want to call right now and wait all weekend, I'll put you on hold. You listen to Rob Black Show. More stimulating talk. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.